is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 93, recorded on June 25th, 2018. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we'll be looking inside the numbers of the Cleveland Indians' winning streak. We'll look at Danny Salazar's place on the Indians, when and if he can ever figure it out and get back to healthy and with the team. We'll look at the idea of Adrian Beltre being traded to the Indians. We will look at Jose Ramirez's endless walk streak and a former Let's Go Tribe, or a former Indians player. Jesus Aguilar is having success in Milwaukee. We'll look at how the Indians, what happened there and how they can avoid it again with somebody like, oh, I don't know, Yandy Diaz. Um, <laughs> joining me for all that and more, as always, is Let's Go Tribe writer Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has to know that we tried that a first time and you completely <laughs> forgot we were talking. That could just be a, a Matt and Merritt secret and whoever was watching live. <laughs> Nothing happened. What are you talking about? This is, this is all off the cuff. I didn't plan anything. <laughs> Who plans A? What am I talking about? Hello, totally Matthew. Planned. It's good to be here. It's going good. It's a lot better when the Indians are, are demolishing literally everybody in their sight right now. Especially I when know. it's the Tigers. Oof, it's it's so much revenge for, what is it? Was that a span of a decade where it was just the Tigers beating up the Indians? And now it's it's so good. You know, I really don't think it was as long as we think it was. Was it? I don't know. Because there was that period between when the Tigers made the World Series and when the Tigers made the World Series. <laughs> you know, where that dark period of my life. They they weren't, like, great. They were always kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. I mean, the Indians were terrible. Don't, you know, don't get it twisted. But it's not like everyone was beating up on the Indians. So you, I, guess, I guess the Tigers were doing that. That's true. So never mind. All right. <laughs> but they they were one of the team. It wasn't like just the Tigers just beating up the Indians. It was right. Everybody like that, beating up the Indians. That was a thing in like twenty. Like once the Indians were good, and but in like twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, it still seemed like the Tigers were kind of wailing on them for a while. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I, I think by the time the Indians were they were really good, like twenty sixteen, that's when the Tigers were were pretty much done for. Yeah, um, that's, which is kind that's, of unfortunate. I would have liked to see the peak Tigers and peak Indians what we're seeing now face each other. But I am okay with watching dilapidated. What's his name? Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera. He, even though he's not playing right now, but just watching those two just struggle against the Indians is so good right now. He Victor Martinez hit a ball on a Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember which game it was, but I mean, four or five years ago, that's that, that, that's twenty rows up in the in the bleachers. But it just kind of just just went, eh, just kind of fell lazily into. Brandon Geyer's glove, maybe? Must have, that must have been Sunday, then. <laughs> yeah, and then we also, um, there was there was at least more than one double play, right, where he was just, su- I remember one in particular, like, went to Lindor, he just lazily flipped it to second, and it was stoned to mm-hmm. first. I don't think Victor was in the screen when it got thrown. <laughs> he's just so slow. Just oh, he's just, just, just decrepifying before our <laughs> eyes. <laughs> but it's not just the Indians, or the Tigers that the Indians are, are beating up on, of course. It's also the Royals, another... Great team. And the White mm. Sox. Mm. And one game of the Twins. Yeah. <laughs> the powerhouses of MLB. Um, what are, you, are you one of the people that are that are thinking, it doesn't matter, the Indians are just facing AL Central opponents? Or are you in my boat, which is, if they were playing bad, everybody would be yelling at them, so if they're winning, we might as well just celebrate it and kind of be happy about it. Well, I mean, I don't, you, know, you don't want to get, you don't want to sound cynical, obviously. But, yeah, these teams are dreadful. They're all trying to lose in some way or other, you know, as as much as whoever talks about it, Tom Hamilton or one of the two guys who does TV for the Indians says about Rod, uh, Rod Gardenhire, Ron Gardenhire, Ron, I think. I Ron? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gardy, you know, yeah, he gets these guys to play very hard, but I mean, you know, you can only play very hard for as long as you're, you know, you can only go as far as your talent will take you. So. And not everyone can be in last place in the AL Central. So these teams all stink. Yeah, and I think the only the team was are doing what they're supposed to do, which is beat the hell out of them. Yeah, which which again they they're supposed so, to do. So we should at least be be happy about that, right? So they're not getting blown out against them. And the only yeah. real team that has a chance, I think, is the Twins. And their their manager. Did you see this over the weekend that um, Paul Molitor? They apparently intentionally threw at a guy because he stole too many bases. That is a real life thing that happened now. Lord. I mean, he said it in the post game conference. It was something like, "We threw at him to see him what, if he wants to steal another base." I'm like, "Yeah, get hit him and then he'll go steal two more bases, you <laughs> idiots!" Jeez, that's called a uh, good managing right there. That's how. Oh so, yeah, it. no, I mean, this is. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, I mean, if you're gonna make the playoffs, you have to win your division. To win your division, you have to beat the hell out of your division opponents. And I mean, again, none of us really care about the season that much. I'd rather it be a fun season than a depressing season. But everything that matters with this team at this point is October anyway. Um, I don't, I don't remember who made the point on Twitter. I feel like it was someone in the let's go tribe 
universe that all this beating the hell out of the, you know, this gives them a chance to let Andrew Miller rest up and guys who are going to be vital, you know, once the thing, well, once the competition becomes fierce to rest up and be healthy again, they don't need these guys around all the time right now. So Um, as long as it doesn't make them think that the current solutions in the bullpen are real solutions. Yeah, that's a, that's a real danger. Thinking about Neil Ramirez and um, Oliver Perez are Perez, real. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be our October pitchers is kind of a dangerous right. thought. But I mean, and again, that that's the way it is with arms. You know, I mean, you can't really bet on year to year w- with the predominance of bullpen arms. But oftentimes, if a if a bullpen guy has a great first half, he ends up having a great second half, and then he earns a lot of money in the off season, and he the new team hates him. So. That that's a thing one could hope for, I guess. It's just, and you know, I don't know. I wrote that. These guys do change and get better. I wrote that article late last week, I guess it was, about uh, Perez throwing way more sliders than he ever has. So these are things that they're doing to be to be better and be less predictable than they were in the past. So that's something. Yeah, they you might know. they might have some kind of help coming eventually in the form of Danny Salazar. I don't know if you saw that he was. Um... Well, I'm sure you saw it was like last month was the last update that yeah. he's kind of, he can, he gets, he gets like a shot or something and he's fine for like 10 days and then he throws a little bit and then he does long toss, then it starts hurting. It's yeah. just like this endless cycle for Salazar. And with the way the Indian starting rotation is pitched lately, I mean, Carlos Crasso is injured, so he'll come back and probably take Adam Plutko's spot, I would think. But when Salazar comes back, do you dare replace Shane Bieber with him? I I mean, I guess you got to see how much more Shane Bieber does because he's a rookie and he's young, but... It's going to be really hard. I don't see Mike Clevenger being displaced by Danny Salazar at all. No, Obviously, Trevor no. Bauer, Carrasco, and Kluber aren't. So, I mean, his only shot is maybe beating out Shane Bieber. But coming back mm-hmm. after being injured for so long and then just starting in, I mean, at this point, what will be like August at the earliest, something like that. So, I don't know. It's, it almost seems like Danny Salazar, his his best bet is going to be a reliever. And I don't even like him as a reliever that much. No. And that, that's what they've all talked about, too. It's like it's he's not – good at being a reliever because he needs to stretch it. You know, he needs to work himself into things, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, if that's not the case, then, then yeah, what is his future? You know, yeah, you can go six starters during the season just to rest guys up. But at that point, there's art. Like, what? I don't know. Then the bullpen gets really weird, too, because like, everyone forgets Josh Tomlin is still there. Uh, that's, that's seven starters the Indians would have on their roster for – no good reason, but what again? What do you do with him? He's he's got obviously the stuff that wouldn't want to be a reliever, but because he has the stuff to be a great pitcher, well, one yeah. would hope one would hope he could he could supplant Shane Bieber, obviously. But I yeah. like watching, but Shane Bieber is a good pitcher, and at this point, the service clock time service time clock has started. There's no point in sending him back down, really. There's not much more gaming the system you can really do. So if he continues to pitch the way he has and I mean, there's some some guys you see pitch. They're going to be good because they do all the basic things you need to do to be good as a pitcher. He doesn't throw super hard, but he throws a slightly above average fastball. His breaking balls are stupendous on uh, Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, he commands that thing so well. I mean, and, the, and again, the only issue here, and this is an article I wrote a couple weeks back, was just how good are these pitchers really when they're facing – you know, a bunch of quad A lineups. I mean, these are these are the same type of hitters predominantly that Bieber was shutting out and no hitting in AAA or Double A or wherever he was. So was he was in Double A, right? Yeah, no, he was in Triple A. Was he in Triple A? <laughs> yeah, for a little okay. bit. But I mean, and and again, same thing with Plutko. These are the guys that he threw a no hitter against. You know, so. But it feels like with Bieber, like those pitches. I don't know that, if he it's, can um, do those pitches. It sells can... our question. It... Right. Oh, God. Right, like he's good. Like he throws good. He he throws good is what he does. So right. that, that's at the very basic of the entire operation. He's he is everything you want out of a starting pitcher. I mean, I don't think unlike someone like say Cody Anderson who performed well, but his peripherals were garbage, and he was striking out like, like you know eight percent of batters or something like that. <laughs> his, his rookie year. Um, there's way more behind the scenes stuff with Bieber you like so. Again, what do you do with with Danny Salazar? No one want, you can't trade him because he's been injured. You, I don't know. Maybe the bullpen thing isn't a good idea because then because he can start his getting ready to be a bullpen. You know, to, to come out of the bullpen in the third inning in October or something like that, and then he can be a 
three inning guy or something. I don't know. He just seems so volatile as a reliever. He wasn't enough as a starter, let alone bring him in a, a tough situation like the ninth inning or eighth inning. So, right. But I, I mean, he'd have that. to be he'd have to be like a clean. And this, you know, just me spitballing, I guess. He'd have to be kind of a, just like a clean inning kind of guy. He comes in no matter what. He doesn't come in in the middle of innings. If you have a situation where that's going to happen, you bring in Tyler Olsen instead or someone like that. Yeah. And then you just, you know, you just hope he can, you know, you, like uh, like Lincecum was for the uh, went for the Giants <laughs> the in no for, no for the Giants in two thousand twelve, I think. I think it was twelve. He yeah, hasn't been 14. that long since he's been a good starter. Holy cow. Well, that, that he wasn't even a good starter that year. He was bad, and then he he came out of the bullpen tons of fire. Like, I remember uh, when they came back down uh, 2-0 to the uh, Reds. Like he came out and he pitched something like eighteen, or, uh, I don't know, a ton of innings out of the bullpen all through that uh, that series and through the postseason, and was a vital cog in the whole system because he could just he, he pitched like an old school fireman, you know. And I, maybe that's the thing Danny Salazar could be. He comes in and throws three innings at a time when you really need him to. But again, that's a situation where you can't plan for that. You, I don't know. Yeah, it just kind but of I mean, happens. But, but like we've read about Andrew Miller having to warm up. No, he starts his warm up process in the fourth inning because he's gigantic and made of all sticks. So he needs to really just limber up. I mean, whatever your process might be, you can, you can make it work. So it's not only the, I am a starter situation. I would think, I don't know. And to take it back a moment here, Cody Anderson. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, dude. I think <laughs> about him. Was... Literally, I think about him all the time. I was a huge <laughs> Cody Anderson fan. I'm always really? checking up on information about him. Oh, yeah, huge. Really? Are you kidding me? He was the man. <laughs> he was the sweatiest dude on earth. <laughs> he he did like, have a high sweat above replacement. That like, is. <laughs> not even like, like, yeah, okay, it's a hot day in Cleveland, but like at Tropicana Field. Yeah, I remember that game specifically. Yeah. yeah, you're like, why are you so sweaty? <laughs> Just dripping. It's a, it's sixty-eight degrees with air conditioning. It's a cold day in Oakland. You just soaked. Why <laughs> I do remember so... that. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, no, not a great I, pitcher. I, great sweater. See, and again, I think he has the stuff to be a good pitcher. And I, I, I just, I, I respect the Indians' ability to develop pitchers, and he just seems like a, a proto Bieber in a sense. Like he's just, he doesn't seem to do a lot of great things, but his location was always pretty choice. It's just he wasn't getting a lot of strikeouts because his he wasn't he didn't have a ton of movement a lot of it. But I always loved his curveball too. I yeah, thought I that he could be bet be better than what he had shown us. And just you got Tommy John surgery, and so we're not going to see him until maybe probably not even this year. So it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, oh, I'm a huge Cody Anderson fan. Yeah. Oh, wow, I think he's closer to the, what I'd want to see as a reliever because you said like he has that the good uh, curve. He doesn't have a ton of movement, but he has a good, good enough curve. And yeah. what is a fastball, like a 92 mile an hour fastball. So it's not exactly searing, but I remember you hitting 95, his second, that, that was what was so confusing was he right, was yeah. way worse the second year, but he, he was, he was knocking on the, like, just knocking on the mid nineties at times at least. So, and then he had Tommy John surgery for some reason. I wonder if those are correlated at all. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Tommy John surgery. I was reading somewhere. I can't, maybe, maybe it was a comment. On, it was something, uh, 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 Trevor Bauer thinks that uh, I think it was something that, that Kyle oh, Body yeah. said in a comment somewhere was he thinks Trevor uh, Trevor Bauer thinks that Tommy John surgery should be considered a PED. Yeah, I remember. I mean, yep, it's, it's it's super true. You know? It's <laughs> like I mean, you're, like you're just you're you're, you're I don't know. I, I can see the rationale, I suppose. I mean, if if you consider that injecting uh, injecting something into yourself is, um. Performance enhancing, then maybe taking a ligament from another body part and putting it in your elbow is also a form of enhancement, right? I don't, I completely agree with Trevor Bauer on that. That's his true thoughts, which if I mean, Kyle Body's thinking, probably. Me. But then that's a weird well, line to draw. Like, so if we want to get really weird with it, can you, is there any limit to like what you can surgically put in your body? Like, if they found a weight that like a metal plate would fix something really well, could you just become a cyborg? Is that like a. I don't, again, there's. Thank God baseball was invented in the 1880s, and the only person who knows this stuff is Jules Verne, because, yes, yes, you can, I bet, you know? Oh, no, I got a robot arm. Uh, I, I guess. Oh, no, I had my arm room had a cannon put on? Hmm, this seems a little bit much. I do but, wonder eventually if it'll be like, like a legit amputee can get a robot arm. And then that opens the door to like anybody can get a robot arm and throw with it. I mean, you can't like get an exoskeleton, can you? Whereas like that's got to be an official rule, I would think. 
Well, because that, that's wearing too much stuff. But then, you know, you look at video of like Barry Bonds in the early to mid-2000s. He was wearing all that armor and stuff. So that's like an exoskeleton. No, I'm talking like that stuff you wear to lift. <laughs> you yes, know, like no, it goes over your whole body. I, I'm you imagine? I just want to see a home run derby <laughs> with just that. That's what I want for the All-Star game. <laughs> the Cyborg Derby. I want to see Jose Ramirez in one of those. Just like... Because it have to, that gives you so much power in your legs to hit home runs with that thing. Yes, no, that's and you don't have to move very much. You just have a little twitch <laughs> until, until it gets yeah. a little overboard and you just like rip your spine in half. But until oh, then, it's really you know. great. I mean, guys <laughs> blow their elbows out all the time. Why can't they just tear themselves literally in two? It's you know these are the these are the risks they have to take. And the best part, you just finish the game. You don't need your spine. You're in your exoskeleton. It'll carry right, the rest exactly. Of the I mean, come well, well, I mean, of course, at that point, they were just going to watch robot baseball. Do I want that? I mean, I do want that. Sure, but you know, I want it separately from. I want to see robot sports eventually. <laughs> so speaking of needing an exoskeleton, I think sooner the only later. reason we want robot sports is for the, the inevitable robot brawls, though, because we just want robots <laughs> fighting. I mean. It's eventually anyway. going to be just one pitch is thrown than a brawl every game just because that's what people want. And that's why these circuit boards flying, baby. You know, <laughs> sparks shooting sports. everywhere, you know. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. You know, just robots chanting that destroy, lasers, etc. Why did we put lasers in this baseball robot? Who knows, you know. <laughs> so speaking of lasers and robots and destruction and blowing up, how about Adrian Beltre? Is that a... How about him? <laughs> I mean, he's 39 years old. He's still playing. He's slashing well for the Rangers right now. His bat pip is insane. Um, whoop. the Indians were recently rumored to. I don't. It was barely a rumor. It was just like John Morosi saying, "Hey, this would fit." Um, yeah, I saw it on Reddit, so I don't know. I was like, "That's yeah. a good idea." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfectly fine idea. It would just, of course, it's the idea of getting a third baseman and moving Jose Ramirez to second. Um, Adrian Beltre is owed eighteen million this year. Is this a thing you want to see happen, or is there another move, or just? I mean, is Jason Kentness's latest surge enough for you to not want to replace him, or what's going on there? You think? Well, you know, it's it's a, it's a relatively marginal improvement, by which I mean it's not going to – well, it's a kind of a similar improvement to adding Edwin Encarnacion over Mike Napoli, right? Like it's not going to blow the doors off. It's not signing – or it's not trading for Manny Machado or anything like that. He'll, But it's adding a consistent – you know, a legitimately league, above league average bat to a position that currently is one of the three best hitters in baseball – Moving that best three hitters in baseball to a place where it's one of the worst hitters in baseball, and then everything gets better. So, in the cold calculation of things, it makes a lot of sense. It's cheap. I love Adrian Beltre. You know, that's a that, that's a cold calculation right there. It is. Yeah. It'd be fun to see him get a ring, and it, I mean, it makes sense. It's just, I don't know. I mean. It, and as for you know, uh, Jason Kidman's hot streak. How how excited can you be about a hot streak when the whole season's been cold? You know, I mean, his. I know I've pro- I've probably written two articles already this year just about how the the peripherals are more there for like a, a breakout from like he's he's gonna he's bound to start hitting well eventually, but at the same time, it's just like he's not doing that at all. So yeah. I don't know. I I like the idea theoretically. It's just. You know, the heart in you is like, Jason Kidman has to be on the Indians. That's where he is. Yeah, you know, like, where, where else does he go? <laughs> I think me and Jason have talked about this before, um, is the fact that Jason Kipnis is like, to me, he's the most Indians. Like, play. I can imagine any team having a Francisco Lindor, or a Corey mm-hmm. Kluber, but but Jason Kipnis is, is like, the like you said, he's the on the Indians. He's not supposed to be anywhere else. See, I think that's funny because I always – he seems – and I've said this before. He seems very Chicago-y to me because he's from right. Chicago, of course. But yeah, also the how that works, stuff, right? <laughs> right? But he just – I don't know. He just gives me that vibe. But I mean, you know, I mean, that's a, maybe it's just a Midwestern guy thing. Um, yeah. The most Indians-y Indian – it's probably him. It's probably, it used to be Carlos Santana, but he's gone now. Now he's just some rando Philly. Uh, and it's still no, weird seeing him in a Philly's jersey. That's, no, it's super strange, man. <laughs> I watched so, so many of their games just for him, and it's really weird. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's a beautiful uniform. I think that's one of the most underrated uniforms. All of their, honestly, their whites, their pinstripes, their light blue ones, all dope uniforms. He looks great. Cool logo. But it's strange. Uh, I lost my training. Oh, yeah. Jason Kidd was, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what, what do you do with them? Because if you're, like, do you, do you DFA him? Because you need that bench spot for something. I mean, you could at least get a reliever, right? I mean, even if you had to trade like in a hurry, you could get something for him. But then just DFA and never a reliever, I guess. But 
Isn't it'd be a really weird situation? Isn't this the last year of his contract? No, he's got a couple oh, okay. more. Okay, no. yeah, no, he's he. I'm sorry, I, I, I conflate him and, and Brantley because been, they've been together for so long. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so he's going to be around, so he's around for a little while. So, I mean, that's definitely you know, people love control, if nothing else. Um, yeah. And my only hold up with Beltre is, is like you said, the fact that it's not a massive upgrade at this point. If the Indians are going to do anything, <clears throat> I'd want them to get that big leap. That's one reason why it's so hard for them to improve. Right. They have like so many either pretty good or great players. Like, I guess center field has proven to not be that uh, once the season got going, but. Like every other position, even like second base, to upgrade Kipnis, you've got mm-hmm. to do pretty big to upgrade what he can be. And then you, if you get Adrian Beltran, maybe he won't even be an upgrade. But well, I just and, want Manny Machado. That's what I'm looking I at. I mean, my one minor. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, we all know what we really want here. I mean, my, my one knock is just that the Indians, and I've, I think I said this last week too, they don't have a lot of great hitters. They have three great hitters. And then I think at this point, well, actually, they're up to three other above-average offense guys. Edwin has been a little bit hot lately. Jan Gomes is, you know, doing things. And Yonder Alonso, the frustrating part, of course, is two of those three positions is where the offense should be coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, I think they need more than that. Uh, Lonnie Chisnall obviously being back is very helpful. You know, I was doing a little research on him. He is, over the last two or three years, he's their third best. He's the Indians' third best hitter. Oh, yeah, and he's always been so good, and everybody just hates him because he's part of a platoon I, or whatever. You know, well, and that's the thing. Like, you look at the platoon numbers, too. He, he doesn't really have that bad, of, especially the last two years. He doesn't even have that bad of splits. I, I'm firm in believing it. It's all because he started using that axe-handled bat. I think that thing's have had a huge effect on him. I was going to write an article about it, but I couldn't figure out how to. So I'll just talk <laughs> about it here instead. Yeah, it's hard to figure out who uses, though, right? There's no real – I know Jose uses it, and then – Does he? Yeah, that's been his biggest thing, I think, is the fact that he uses it. I know Dustin Pedroia started using it a couple years ago, and he had a big breakout. Uh, Mookie Betts uses one now. Um, but yeah, it's a thing. I mean, the, the logic behind the whole handle makes sense. And yeah, so, so do you know the baseball specifics behind what that is? I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I've played baseball out the past, but is it just the fact that it like it makes it easier to maintain momentum because the way it holds your hand in there? Or I think it, it, because you know, the, the, the idea of uh, when someone throws like an off-speed pitch or something, it breaks your wrist, and so like one hand rolls over the other one. It, it kind of helps you maintain a better swing path, especially with a little more arc to it. You know, I mean, have you ever swung an axe? It, it it feels, I guess, better to do it with a, with a bit more of a an arc to it. it of course, uh, I've swung an axe, Merritt. Jeez, what do you? Yeah, doing? you know, <laughs> who hasn't? Also, I I, I read a uh, Babe Ruth biography, and also I've read about. Cal Ripken Jr. Both of them trained one one way in chopping down trees. So, <laughs> but no, yeah, you just the most you deliver the most power by keeping your hands together and all your and your all your knuckles aligned. And with the round handle, it's easy to it's easier, I guess, to let them kind of slip a little bit. So, like if you someone throws a sl- like a, a pitch you're not expecting, you drop a little dribbler instead of hitting it, <laughs> hitting a, a line drop. You know, this is completely non-sequitur here, but, like, telling a little leaguer to line his knuckles up, I found out, or not even little league, t-baller, is way more difficult than it sounds. Dude, there's so many <laughs> knuckles. <laughs> right? Because they see it as, like, the top knuckle, so they end right. up, like, hugging the bat and then, like, awkwardly leaning over. It's like, not those knuckles, the top part. See, get Make that kid flat. an axe bat, they'll know what they're doing. <laughs> well, the kid who did it the most um, was one who was an Indians fan, so he was my favorite, so I really tried to help him, but okay, he was he was worth helping, so. Get him an axe bat. <laughs> Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll a wooden giant axe bat. He was like the littlest kid on the team. Here, swing this. I'm going to start manufacturing a line of wiffle ball axe bats. It's going to be my new thing. I'm going to get sued by two different companies. Uh, but Adrian Belcher, I don't think either of us. Well, That's my dream. I, I guess I can't speak for you, but I'm not too. I, like, I think it'd be cool. He's a clubhouse guy. He's He wouldn't cost a ton. Although I think the Rangers would have to eat some of that money maybe, but. I don't know. I, lo- I love as much as I love Adrian Belcher. I don't think it's a big enough improvement, really, to to make I mean, it a huge again, improvement. I think he's the type of improvement that can help, only because he at least you know at least he lengthens, lengthens the lineup out a little bit. Right now, if he came to the team, he'd be their fourth or fifth. He'd be their fourth best hitter, I guess. No, Edwin's still better. I think. Well, I mean, I mean, just in terms of stats, right now this year, I mean, he's oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 a hundred or less plate appearances nearly, but he's you know he's, he's his OPS plus is higher, his OPS is higher. The you know the the power numbers are aren't the same because again, less games. But I don't know. It's 
it's a, it's a move that makes sense, even though you're just like, I get it. It's a, even though it doesn't really, you know, fire you up too much. Yeah. And all of this, of course, is, is somewhat possible because Jose Ramirez is just amazing and can play anywhere and right. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. But did you know that I, I found that I can't remember where you read this. I would like to credit it, but um, Jose Ramirez, he has 23 home runs. He's on pace to have, I think it's like, I know it's over Adrian Beltre's like the youngest third baseman to have so many when he hit like 48 when he was 25 jose's on pace yeah. to beat that obviously he has 23 already so holy cow that is a power hitter and he draws a ton yeah. of walks <laughs> yeah, he's been so incredible he's he's utterly astounding he i'm writing about him right now he, 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 the things he's doing put him up with, the, with some of the best not even the best like power hitters but some of the, the smartest hitters in the game like he's in, in so many different play discipline ways he's he's, he's similar to joey vada at this point and then, yeah, as you said, he's just walking an absurd amount. He already has 50 this year in only 75 games. I mean, <laughs> his last highest was 55 last year, and he's <laughs> this is he's, like, yeah, he's doubled his walk rate. Like, yeah. how do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I just incremental change is what we all expect out of baseball. You know, like even Mike Trout, even Mike Trout only improves a little bit on one thing every year. Now, He's great at everything already, so when he improves on it, you're just like, oh, it's just absurd that he can even do this now. But he's – no, he's – I don't know. What, what Jose is doing is utterly – he's gone from little Michael Brantley to one of the best hitters in the game, like, like to, to in the con- in the conversation with non-Trout players, and that's crazy. No, he's, he's crazy. in the conversation with Trout players, isn't he? He's no, pretty he's close. not. Well, no, right. listen. <laughs> Look, Trout on a slow week is Jose Ramirez. <laughs> I'm very confident in saying that. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. Trout on a, yes, I agree with you. And, and that's well, that's that's the amazing thing about a what he what Ramirez is doing, and b how great Trout is is what Ramirez is doing now is a is a normal Mike Trout year, which is I think complimentary to both of them. So yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and I think um, at least a little part is maybe I'm just trying to maybe I'm acting main or um, what is it national writer here trying to make up. What the hell is that called? When you try to add a story to something that isn't really oh, narrative. narrative driven, yeah. But it oh, seems yeah, like baby. like the Bryce Harper thing with he got all the walks that kind of like ruined him. I wonder if teams are trying to do the same thing to Jose, and it's just not working at all. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just shakes his head, right? No. Yeah, because I kind of looked at it today, and he's like in post game interviews, he doesn't seem phased at all. He just says that he'll find his home run pitches basically, and That's and the so whole cool. team doesn't seem to care. Edwin doesn't <laughs> mind that teams are walking to get to him. He's like, I'll just kill the ball. It's fine. It's like it's so cool. This whole team is just so like it's another kind of cliche thing, but like mentally strong. Like nothing bothers them. It doesn't seem like all he cares about is his chaw and strutting <laughs> around the, the dugout. He has, has the eleventh highest walk rate in baseball. Yeah, and he's also, got already Cesar, seven intentional walks. Man, some weird names on this walk rate chart. Justin Bohr is third in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's hit more home runs. But oh no, yeah. Um, He's ridiculous. That's what we want. Kyle to get Schwarber walks an awful lot. Damn. <laughs> Who? Kyle Schwarber. Perhaps you've heard of him. Nope, never heard of him. I blacked out <laughs> <laughs> for a year. I wasn't alive. I don't know what you're talking about. What? How many walks do you think you'll end the season with? 125. Oh yeah, pretty close. Is that what's the what's the most walks the in the Indians in the last decade in a season in the, in the last decade for the Indians? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and guess it's a Carlos Santana season. Let's see. Let's find. I'm gonna use the money I spent on this stupid thing. <laughs> what did you spend money advantage. on that was stupid? Oh, on uh, you know, I have a what do you call it with a baseball reference? You know, I gave them money. Oh yeah, yeah. So, let's so I can so I can search the world <laughs> of baseball for all the. Carlos Santana had upwards Indians. of 125, right? Upwards of, I'm just going to do upwards of 100 so I can just see some fun numbers. He had 108. Or 113 is Carlos Santana's highest in 2014. 113? That's a lot of walks, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's impossible that Jose is going to pass that, even if it's not by a ton. But he's at 50 before the All-Star break and without... Oh, damn it. I'm on a different computer. That's right. I can't use this computer. <laughs> well, we can at least safely say he's on pace to make a hundred because he's at fifty already. So, throwing a few more in there, and we'll see how he does. I don't know if he's going to play the whole season or if he's going to keep walking like this. But I'm going to be interested to see what you find because I, I wrote about it. it was just a basic, the fact that he's drawing walks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to go into it more and see why he's drawing more walks, but if you do, I'd be interested to see that. If it's 
if he's being more selective or he's just not getting as many pitches out of the zone. Oh, I'll give you a hint. Yes, he is being more selective. <laughs> yeah. oh, that is, <laughs> that's just scary. I mean, it's a different thing if pitchers are pitching to him differently, but the fact that it's just him deciding he's going to walk he's more not, is, I mean, is terrifying. That's what I mean. He's just not swing. Let's see. Carlos Santana's highest walk rate in a season uh, is actually twice. He's 17.1%. That's obnoxious. That's a lot of walk. <laughs> he's doing this year. He did it back in 2014. Was that the year he had all those had 113 walks or whatever it was? Yeah. It was. Jesus Christ. I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. He was good. Is he, is he doing good? Uh, he started really slow. He's doing fine now. The Classic the Carlos. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> we want to talk ex-Indians not doing so great. Um, Brian Shaw. Oh, good God. Lord, that poor man. <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about that. Actually. I feel a little bad. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I feel bad for uh, Rockies fans. I don't feel bad for their uh, management because those idiots spend a lot of money on a reliever. Idiots. Like, you just don't do that. Come on. On a reliever who pitched so many innings recently. As much as I believed in Brian Shaw and I loved him. And, I mean, it's clear his arm was just Tito ran into the dirt. The simulation that Matt Schlichting did with, like, having him pitch every day was not that far off. That was basically real life is what that was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm even, like, I remember I wrote something middle of last year, I think, was when he was really struggling. And like if you looked at his his, his um, slider movement numbers, he just wasn't getting any depth at all on his slider, and it was just this, this little flat little spinner frisbee thing that was just getting utterly obliterated. Which is and, like all he's doing this year. Yeah, and that's I mean when, when you when you throw a flat slider that doesn't break as much because it's Coors Field, and then you walk how many people? Oh Lord! <laughs> is oh, it a couple? Man. It might be a couple. I mean, his his walk rate is eleven point six percent. It's higher than even than it was in twenty sixteen when everything was terrible. That's almost Jose and, Ramirez's walk rate. <laughs> I know, man. Him and Jose Ramirez have so much in common. <laughs> They're unflappable and, and tons of walks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so here's another name to throw at you here, Merritt. Um, Tell me this name. Jesus Aguilar. That's a guy. He's never going to make it. He's a quad A bat. Um, and he's going to just DFA him last February. It's fine. He'll be claimed by the Brewers. And now he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's clear at this point. You know. <laughs> he's slashing 299, 358, 597 with 16 home runs for the Brewers. That's a 150 WRC+. plus. He's easily the second or third, not second, but third best hitter on the Indians, I think. Um, what a ridiculous scenario that happened. Um, his well, bat isn't even crazy right now, so it's not like mm-hmm. he's going to regress to the ground. Is this? Did the Indians screw this up, or was it just really no way they were going to avoid losing him? And it, maybe it's not their fault. He just he didn't do great in the majors. He didn't get a ton of chances, but he definitely didn't show himself when they had Carlos Santana in front of him and a couple other good platoon bats at DH. I mean, this is something you hear a lot of. Uh, what do you call them? The commentators say, well, just during, during games and stuff, you guys just don't have a chance to show what they're made of because, you know, there is a Carlos Santana in front of you. Or the Mike Napoli thing was maybe a little bit more troublesome. Um, you mean I the don't fact that they signed him or signed Mike Napoli instead of just. Right, yeah. right. So they, say they just put him in front so he just didn't even have a chance. I think we're uh, discounting a little bit the mighty power of the Wisconsin brat and the beer there. <laughs> in and around Milwaukee to give him this mighty power to allow him to hit all these home runs. But that's just me pointing out facts. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it is totally a bummer that they kind of missed out on this one. But every, every you know, I mean, I, I, it's hard to get too broken up about it because every team misses out on guys. You know, I mean, you, you look at, well, Trevor Bauer, right? They got him for half a season of Shinsu Chu, basically. Yep. Essentially. So, I mean, this is just, you know, or Corey, who feels worse? The Padres <laughs> for Corey Kluber or the Indians for Jesus Aguilar? Like, I mean, that's just, obviously just, not close, but what about the Angels and Mike Clevenger? That's, that's a pretty similar one. I, no, and that's, I think, I think that right there, that is, that is a close, uh, well, I mean, at least the, at least the Angels got something for it. Yeah, it was like half a season of, of Vinny Pistano. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and these are the things that happen in baseball all the time. It totally sucks. It's nice to see him succeeding. I can't be the only one who always kind of hoped for something out of him. I hope that it doesn't happen again with like Bobby Bradley or something like that. You know, you, you watch these prospects come up and you hope for them and then they don't do well. And then I don't know. I, th- I think, I think I, bl- I blame Matt Laporta for poisoning the water uh, when it comes to first base uh, prospects in the Indian system because. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that before I said I was going to say, I was like, wasn't Bobby Bradley a big prospect. I don't think he's like there was, but. 
It clearly doesn't matter because Matt Laporta was kind of a big prospect. He was he the biggest it. prospect. Yeah. Like he was, he, he, he's the guy you got for your eight. You know, he was <laughs> you know, in, he runs a in, pizza chain now. Who does he? <laughs> he does, yeah. I remember yeah, I looked it up a couple of years ago as like, what's Matt Laporta up to post now? Like, is it like a, it's like a, his own pizza chain or is he a franchise or he doesn't own a bunch of Papa John's does he? Cause that's, that's um, embarrassing. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take it as a part myself. I think it's pie five pizza. He has 18 mm. franchises. This was in 2014. So Holy maybe it's not up crap. Date, but... That man's rich. That, that, oof. <laughs> That's good that bonus him. money. I know, that, right? It's... That good-ass pizza money, man. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, Mm-mm, Matt Laporta was never like a dick, or he never... No, seemed, he always, he seemed, good guy he always seemed like a big, dumb idiot who just couldn't <laughs> who couldn't lay off sliders. That's all. <laughs> That's the most endearing way of saying that, too, I hope you mean. I just... Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 like I always him. liked him. I always hoped right. for the best. His swing always bugged the hell out of me because it was always very flat. I was always... That's not a big, arcing swing that I want out of my first baseman. Like, that's not a... Jim Tomey swing. What's going on here, Matt? <laughs> and then I think when he failed, it was Casey Kochman was next, right? How about that mm-hmm. for a swing for you, Merritt? <laughs> but so <What> the, swing? <laughs> <laughs> so the Jesus Aguilar situation, I think it draws some kind of unfortunate parallels to Yandy Diaz because they were both crushing in AAA. Yandy Diaz is still crushing in AAA. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the, the players that Jesus Aguilar was blocked by. Two years, I mean, it was Nick Swisher, but it was, they paid all, it was that like the... Yeah. We right. pay all that money, we have to use him kind of thing. Yeah. He was awful in both seasons. But then in 2015, I mean, it was Ryan Rayburn and David Murphy, which doesn't sound great now, but that was a pretty damn good platoon there for a while. Remember Ryan Rayburn when he murdered lefties? Yeah, he was half, he was half of an all-star. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's completely this. I just feel like Yandy Diaz should be replacing Jason Kipnis at this point. But maybe that's another Nick Swisher thing where he already has the money. He's our guy who's been here forever. Maybe he won't. But mm-hmm. I just don't want to see it happen again. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, and I don't think Aguilar was never quite the physical specimen that, is, that Yanni Diaz is. Like, he, the, the numbers, just in terms of like raw crushing the ballness that Yanni Diaz does, is crazy to me. Um, you know, it's, 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 top, it's top percentile, like across baseball. It's Aaron Judge kind of level stuff, you know, Giancarlo Stan kind of stuff. So it's just he, again, the ground ball thing is a problem. Which was a problem too, though. If you look at at uh, his Aguilar's numbers, he just didn't hit a lot of fly balls when he was in the minors and things like that. Forty-five percent, fifty-four percent fly ball rate one year, but yeah, he was hitting he like went, absurd home run numbers, did he? In Triple A, no, no, just, no, yeah, yeah, he just hit a lot. I mean, he, again, his ground ball rates were anywhere between forty when Double A, forty-five percent, forty-six, thirty-eight percent, but then. No, he just never really got into that whole hitting the ball for extra bases kind of a thing, which he's doing now. Um, you know, his line drive rate is, is is creeping up towards his ground ball rate. His fly ball rate is sky high. So his home run, yeah, he's had a ton of home runs. This is what Yanni Diaz should be doing. He just doesn't instead. And, I mean, a part of me wonders, I mean, obviously the, the front office of the Indians sees this too, and they see what they have in Yanni Diaz. And we haven't heard anything about Yandy Diaz. And you wonder if they're also trying to do this with him, turn him into a, you know, point out to him, hey, you know, you could make a hundred million dollars if you could hit a fly ball. Do you realize that? Like, I don't know. I've always felt like he's going to be a test case for how easy is it just to switch up your swing? Like, is it really right. that you, you just swing higher? That's it. Or is it really hard to maybe when like your Jose Ramirez and you're already pretty damn good at baseball? Mm-hmm. But if you're Yandy Diaz and all you can do is hit really hard, maybe it's just not that easy to just swing up. I don't know. No, I mean, and, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You're probably right, and, and that's well, his contact rates have always been pretty <laughs> sky high. Uh, yeah. Diaz, I mean, weren't they? I mean, yeah, you always had good contact rates. Yeah, see, that's what I think. Mean it's just like the one variable we get to see yeah. if it's going to be that easy for Yandy Diaz. Because what else can you tell him besides hit up? And I mean, and part of that too is just commitment. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, some guys are better than other. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually writing about Tim Anderson of the White Sox right now. I love for the, the other website I write for. Um, he's hitting way more fly balls this year. He already has 13 home runs. Like he's turning into a very good hitter. And he's this is a dude who didn't even play baseball until he got to college. Like yeah. he's just it's all just hand eye and things like that and being able to adapt. So it's it's part. You know, is it that variable and also is it is he willing to make the change? Because, and I've said this before, 
if you're hitting as well as he's hit in the in the minors, you can look at those numbers and say, I don't know, coach. I'm beating the hell out of the ball. Yeah, he's only slugging 377, but, you know. So, I don't know. It would be nice to see if he – because it's just his walk numbers are always so high. His plate discipline is so good. But those damn ground balls, good <laughs> Lord. Yeah, and I, and I think somebody pointed out that with Jesus Aguilar, I mean, he was, like, declining in the minor, so it, it might have made sense for the Indians. But right, right now, Yandy Diaz isn't. He just – he just draws a bunch of walks. So. Right. So, and, and another thing, Aguilar, too, you know, like there's that arc you see in, in prospects where, like, they they get their chance and then they, they're a flash in the pan and they kind of go back and they come back. And every time they come back, it seems like they're a little bit worse. And then their career's over all of a sudden. So, I mean, it, 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 in every sense, it looked like that with, with uh, Hedges Aguilar. And then all of a sudden, here we go. So, again, it's hard to be mad. Good for him. <laughs> All right, Matt. What do you say we answer some questions now from our good yeah, listeners? This is the best part. On the Facebook and the Twitter. They're always so normal and definitely not asking about which one looks better, which is weird. I don't know. Anyway, hey, I always ask you guys. These are hard-hitting, important questions <laughs> that I have opinions on. So, whatever. All right? It is really one of my favorite parts. Like, the weird stuff people come up with. <laughs> um, we'll always ask you guys for on Twitter and Facebook. Don't email me unless you use my personal one. That's fine. But I don't know why I keep bringing it up. But don't email sbnlescotribe.com. I, I never I never check it. Um, so the first one at S Brady Artists, he wants to know who passes whom. Jose Ramirez is, Jose Ramirez finishes high with higher WAR than 1953 Al Rosen, which was 10 point or 9.1 FanGraphs WAR. All right. Or Lindor finishes higher than 1948 Lou. I cannot say these names. Lou Bordreau, 10.9 FanGraphs WAR. Neither both ultimately it won't matter because Trout beats 1923 Babe Ruth. That's a mouthful, but I mean, we can start from one for one after the other here. Well, it's, nothing matters because gonna is going to tear a hole in space time and <laughs> we'll literally go back and defeat Babe Ruth in <laughs> single-handed combat. He's going to fade away like in uh, Back to the Future. Right. <laughs> this um, fan grass page will slowly be deleted from the bottom up. But yeah, do you think um, any of this is going to happen? Jose Ramirez better than Al Rosen? That doesn't seem impossible. That Al Rosen is the hard. name of an old man who gives me where there's candies <laughs> al rosen is the last third base on uh, indians third baseman to go back to back all-star games thank you very much <laughs> and he also has banging hard candies <laughs> hey sunny camera worthers no grandpa i only like the soft caramels oh they get stuck in my teeth <laughs> did you know i uh, went to back to back all-star games sure grandpa wrong al rosen <laughs> whatever grandpa <laughs> um Al Rosen had a hell of a 1953. I mean, let's yeah. be honest here. But I'll say this, too. What will help Jose Ramirez and probably ruin this question is if he ends up getting moved to second base, that's going to give him a decided boost in the defensive side of things mm-hmm. when it comes to wins above replacement because second base is rated higher. Um, you get a, a better positional adjustment. So there's that cheating method of him surpassing Al Rosen's 9.1. But I think that is more likely to happen than Lindor's, uh, what was it, 10.9? Yeah, that's a really high bar to climb there. That's a really high number, and I mean, how good was Lou Boudreau that year? Probably pretty good. Lou, boo. I mean, to be with double-digit war, I think he was okay that year, yeah. I've never, I never look at old players' stats on, on fan graphs. I always use baseball reference. Oh, really? I always use fan graphs for everything, so that's my default. I mean, I, I, I like baseball references whole setup more. I think it's, it's funner to click around, and I don't get that thing popping up asking me to give them money, because <laughs> I've already given money to baseball reference. Uh <laughs> No, I, I I think it's I think Ramirez has a better shot. I, he's I, he's having he's having the better year. Um, yeah. He's he's the better player right now. He's not you know he's not as cool. I mean, what you think of as cool, I guess you know yeah. if you like the call the cool, calm, collected type, then he's your man. But if you like the you know the the in your face flashy boy, then Lindor obviously is your man. It's it's a nice <laughs> pairing though. You know, it's a very uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson, Jackie Chan type it from the hit movie <laughs> Shanghai Nights or Shanghai Noon. Okay, Chris so. Tucker and Jackie Chan in the hit movie Rush Hour <laughs> or Rush Hour 2. The next one. Never, the I next question. <laughs> Joe Owler on Facebook. He wants to know, will the front office trade for a center fielder? Who could they target if so? I don't know if you looked into this one more, but I don't know. I mean, like Domingo Santana, he's freaking awful now. Maybe they can get him pretty cheap. Um, yes, that's what they need, Matt. <laughs> terrible players. Can they just add a terrible? I don't know if there's really any center fielders they'd want, which is the hard thing. I, obviously, it's the easiest position 
the most obvious one they need to fix, unless they know Bradley Zimmer's going to come back and be healthy and good, but I don't really know who's out there. Is I Mookie mean, Betts available? Can they just go get that guy? He's right fielder. You don't want him to play center. He couldn't I'll put do him it in center. Watch me. Uh, Leonis Martin is an oh, yeah. option, in yeah. a way. Him, maybe. I don't know, I'm just looking down a list of center fielders that are theoretically... Cody Bellinger? What the hell? What are you doing in center field? <laughs> um, no, I don't think that there makes any sense. Yeah. That wasn't good English. There's any sense to be made with trading for a center fielder because there's no good ones available that are going to make any real demonstrative impact. Charlie Blackman's having a terrible year. Um, what is going on in Colorado? <laughs> I don't know. Everything's falling apart. You know, it's a team you just don't ever look at because they play in a weird psycho land. Them, the Padres. Uh, what are some other teams you don't think about? Mariners you think about because you, you feel bad for them. Anyway. Uh, like, I guess the question is, what are you looking for in a center fielder? Is it someone who can hit at a league average level and play good defense? Um, then maybe... I don't know, Malik Smith, but they wouldn't trade him because he's under control for a while. And like he's barely even league average, 98 WRC+. Plus. Uh, Dolino DeShields, maybe? He well, can't like hit, one. really. But well, he's a great defender. I mean, I, I think he's, he's one of the two or three best defenders in baseball right now, according to one of those bunk stat cast stats. <laughs> if, um, so if things go real south real quick for the Mariners, I don't know, D. Gordon? Is, that, is he even remotely available, you think, or...? Isn't he playing second again? I mean, I, mean, I guess he can play. I guess. Um, but it hasn't been really bad for the Mariners. But, I, I mean, they're in a division with the Astros and Angels, so. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah. and they're playing way above their heads. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, you know, he's, again, Starling Marte maybe? I don't know. Would they trade him, though? Probably not. Maybe. The Pirates. But, again, he's under the team control for a while. So, no, it just, it just doesn't make any, any real sense. To do that, because at that point, maybe Billy Ham- I don't know. He's not going to get Billy Hamilton. Kevin Pilar. I'm just looking at names now. I think you could get Billy Hamilton if he wanted him. I don't know how much longer yeah. they're going to wait so, for that one. I think it was Mike Petrello on Twitter saying he's basically starting to play himself out of the league. and like, Which is important. He's, he's so fun to watch. He is, but he just he's just so bad at such important parts of baseball. Getting on base. <laughs> That's not know? that like, important. Like if he could just do that one thing a little, Michael Conforto. They should trade for Michael Conforto. They'll never get him, but still, it'd be nice. I like him. <laughs> Literally, World Series superstar. So that's my answer to whoever's question that was. No, I don't think they're gonna do anything. I think they're probably happy with what they have, which is a sad thing to say. Yeah, but the goal of center have. field here is 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 the defense. I think because they're getting enough offense out of left and right. To kind of offset that, and of course, if any of the actual offense centric positions were actually would actually step up, you know, the the big free agents this year, I think anyway, they aren't they're not really outfielders; they're mostly infielders, and that's I think where the Indians need more improvement anyway. Just if only because Jason Kipnis has been so bad. So yep. that's all. That's um, all. Now I'm buying time because this won't buffer. I was going to interrupt you with an alarm sound because. That didn't work at all. It's, it's a Tyler Nakin question of the week, Merritt. Ooh, is that an air raid siren? <laughs> it is. It didn't. <laughs> this part of that where it like it winds up so it makes sense, but I just started in the middle because it wouldn't buffer. So it just sounds like a monotone. But it's a Tyler Nakin question of the week. Yes. Because it happens every single week. There's your center uh, fielder. <laughs> Eric Turner on Facebook. He wants to know at what point do we begin letting Tyler Nakin bat against lefties? I really dislike the platoon system Tyler has or Tito has in place. Um, then a bunch of more stuff about Tyler Naquin. Okay, um, why, he can't answer us. So what? let's posit as to why he hates the platoon system. Thoughts? What do you think? Wait, what? Why, oh, why do you think? Why do you think Eric? Who who asked this question? Eric uh, Turner. Why Thank do you, you think Eric. Eric hates? Is it because he keeps score of every game and he hates having to add names in every time? <laughs> I think it's uh, it's the the cult of Tyler Naquin. It, it enslaves people, and he has mind control. Something about his eyes. Does he's not <laughs> having again? He's not even good this year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's really not that good this year. Jeez. <laughs> he has a two point nine walk rate and a twenty six strikeout rate oh, and a ninety four WRC plus. Ninety four, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he's hitting like ninety, like two ninety five with a seven thousand BABIP. 
<laughs> that uh, very brief period in time where it looked like he was going to be good with a high BABIP is gone now. Mm-hmm. He is he regressing. I mean, all right. So he's hitting 182 against lefties in 11 at-bats. But batting average doesn't tell the whole story, right, Matt? So let's go down to these more advanced numbers. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're good. 299 okay, batting so average. So he has a negative <laughs> 10 WRC plus against right, lefties. nerd. Right we don't need that. <laughs> How many ribbies? Um, that's a good question, actually. I'll tell you. He has uh, two. Two ribbies <laughs> in uh, seven games. 11 plate appearances against the left-handed pitching. That's good. So there you go. Three strikeouts. Um, never is probably the option, the, the good choice. Uh, the platoon system exists simply because these guys aren't good at everything. We can't all be Jose Ramirez, sadly. <laughs> I will admit that even I'm a little surprised that Naquin has dipped this far that fast. I know. I mean, he was really bad last year, but I kind of thought that was there was a lot of um, both noise, but also just not just I mean, sample size. Games, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's just, again, he just I knew he wasn't that bad. Just I knew he wasn't that good. But even uh, like this year, from a couple weeks ago, yeah. But like, he's just he's just not he's not hitting for any power this year, and that, like that's what was so electrifying about him in 2016. I mean, even if you take away one of those home runs because it was a total mistake by uh, Melvin Upton. That's still 13 home runs with a bunch of other extra base hits. He was exciting that year, and he walked a lot, and he took a lot of pitches. So I don't know what changed. Um, people learned that he can't lay off a high fastball, I suppose. I don't feel like I, they're even attacking him. I, I think I looked at it not that long ago. He's not even getting like a ton of fastballs up in the zone. He's just not hitting. I always thought it was weird that nobody's really doing that. I don't know why, but he just still doesn't get that many pitches up in the zone like he should. He's just still not hitting anything. He's swinging. Oh, he swings more than half the time. He swings out of the zone 39% of the time. It's called being aggressive, Merritt. That's how you play the baseball. Just, you know, he's just trying to win games. You're playing, <laughs> put the ball in play. Just trying to put the ball in play and make something happen. Try is the operative play? word. Here. Sure, sure, it's a double play. So what? You're a double play. Check <laughs> I'm going to get so many angry emails out of this, Merritt. <laughs> Can we just take a minute and say we love Tyler Naquin? And hey. I love Tyler Naquin. Uh, you can go back into my post history and see how many times I've written positive things about him. I've probably written a novella about Tyler Naquin positively. So get off my back, listeners. I like the idea of Tyler Naquin. Is that fair? Yeah, I like I like him. Yeah, as, as, as an ideal, you know, as a as something to strive towards. See the idea of the Naquin. There you go. But I, just not on the baseball field. That's all. <laughs> all right, Merritt. That's going to be our show this week. Um, Real winner. Plus, I think I think Danny's actually started playing now after that fake rain delay. So we've got something to watch while we're not podcasting. Um, everybody listening live now, thank you. We've had quite a few people stay. Please don't email me about Tyler Naquin. I love him. He's my favorite player. Email Matt. <laughs> Merritt, we'll talk to you next week. I'll be here.